Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you, as always, with my good buddy, Reach Hill, to break down all things that happened in a pretty wild week 10 in the National Football League, including an upset we all saw coming, Patriots beating the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Rich, what's going on, where am I, and what's happening? Yeah, uh, total reversal. I don't know if you saw this tweet going around, but someone had been you know, collecting all of the different predictions over the course of the season, but specifically for this week, looking at over like 100 different prognosticators, how many selected the Patriots to beat the Ravens. And I think of the like six that chose the Patriots, three right for Pat's pulpit. Um, so I love to see that. Marimo was one of them. Uh, Brian Hines, I think, was the other. Uh, maybe there was one other one in addition to that. But I have no idea. I mean, we went into this week thinking that the Patriots had no shot, that this was going to be an absolutely lousy week of football. Um, but, Alec, there was a lot of good football, or at least very exciting finishes. There were some amazing finishes this year, or this, this week, excuse me, and we'd be remiss if we didn't open with – a game that was amazing for Pats fans in every possible way. The Cardinals beating the Bills Ooh. on a last-second DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary catch in triple coverage to win 32-30 to after Josh Allen engineered a pretty impressive drive with the Bills on top. That is exactly why football is so great, and it's why stats and spreadsheets and all that crap is useless. It's what happens on the field that matters, and... What I love most about that game, Rich, besides the fact that the Bills lost and lost another game in the AFC East race, was that that player that caught that pass was acquired from the Texans for the corpse of David Johnson in a <laughs> second-round pick. Is that is that what the trade was? Yeah, and David Johnson's on the uh, injured reserve right now. Yeah, unbelievable. What a game. Good for DeAndre Hopkins. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, a part of me is just like, why the heck did the Patriots not acquire DeAndre Hopkins for a second-round pick and a, a non-corpse running back? I mean, Hopkins is so good, best wide receiver uh, right now in the game, in my mind, now that he's finally having a good quarterback throw him the football. Fantastic finish. I loved the part where uh, Kyler Murray was too short to see the actual play. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, their head coach of the Cardinals, was talking after the game being like, I mean, Kyler's 5'9". He had to look at the Jumbotron to watch the play actually happen because he couldn't see over the other players. And that was actually true. It wasn't a joke. Uh, there's video footage of him. After he throws the ball, he's on the, the sidelines, and he has to look up at the Jumbotron on the opposite end of the field to see if Hopkins actually caught it. Great, 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 great play. 
Love seeing that. And that was just one of a few great finishes. Uh, Matt Prater kicked a 59-yard field goal to win the game for the Lions against the Washington football team. The Cleveland Browns managed to hold on to a victory against the hapless Houston Texans when Nick Chubb intentionally ran the ball out by the goal line to secure the win. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, there was this, another game that uh, Bear is talking about. The Patriots somehow beat the Ravens uh, in the torrential rain. What a game, Rich Hill. I think as anybody who listens to the Pat's Pulpit podcast knows that you and I both predicted a Patriots loss. Uh, this is one of those games I think a lot of folks had pegged as a loss way back when the schedule was first announced. And in spite of our best efforts, Rich, we once again looked foolish because this Patriots offense, once again powered by Damian Harris's amazing running abilities and that wide receiver from who the hell knows where, Jacoby Myers, fueling a massive day for a very efficient, very disciplined offense who moved the ball very well, who was able to make decisive moves when they needed to, and a defense that held the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson, to just 55 yards rushing, which is a massive double win, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Patriots were finally playing the Patriots football that they were hoping to play this year. I uh, wanted to majorly point out that the Patriots had no turnovers on offense. That's the disciplined football you were talking about. And it's only the second time this season the Patriots didn't have an offensive turnover, first time being last week against the New York Jets. So back-to-back -back games with no turnovers, that's huge for the Patriots because that's what they need to do in order to win. They need to you know, manage the football, leave these long extended drives, and result in points at the end of it. Um, and, and you mentioned Jacoby Myers. Was that touchdown pass to Rex Burkhead one of the prettiest touchdown passes you've ever seen? I mean, it was a, I mean, obviously, like I said, I think the, we're, we're now going to hear Jacoby Myers was a college quarterback almost as often as we're going to hear Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard and Chris Hogan played lacrosse. But <laughs> that was a, a, not only was it like a well-thrown, like a tight arcing spiral, um, he waited until Rex Burkhead broke out of his route just enough to split two defenders. I mean, that is a throw any legitimate NFL quarterback would make. And I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and say that that was probably the nicest touchdown pass that's been thrown by a Patriot all season. I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, okay, Cam Newton finally got a, another touchdown pass despite, you know, his best efforts of just not being utilized as a passer. 118 passing yards. If you went into this game saying Cam Newton would get 118 passing yards, would you have said that he would have won this game? Because I wouldn't have said that. Uh, Jacoby Myers, though, caught half of that yardage and also threw that amazing pass. I think it's probable to say that Myers, uh, you know, that was absolutely the, the prettiest touchdown pass. Is is he the most valuable player on this offense? I mean, right now, it's really hard to argue otherwise. You can obviously make a case for Damian Harris, who's been carrying this team, literally, uh, 22 carries for 121 yards. What I really like about him is he always falls forward, and his cuts aren't so much cuts as they are just lowering the shoulder and bowling guys over. <laughs> He's a really nice between-the-tackles runner that I, I love to see. And I think between Damian Harris running the ball as well as he has, the offensive line's finally getting healthy. Jacoby Myers being, again, I don't think he's a legit wide receiver one, but if Edelman can come back and Nikhil Harry can continue to develop and come off his percussion protocol, I, I think that's a good enough receiving core with this running game to, 
maybe turn some heads the rest of the season. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to just, uh, give credit where it's due as well. You know, Myers, he had 59 receiving yards. Not great, but with how little Cam Newton threw the ball, that's not bad. Uh, and I think this was against the number one defense in the entire league. So uh, I'm going to you know, put my homer cap on and say maybe Myers can be a number one guy. You know, maybe he's not going to be that DeAndre Hopkins that I was talking about, but I think he could absolutely be a, a Julian Edelman-esque producer at wide receiver. You know, maybe not the same type of role for the Patriots offense, but he can be that engine to carry this offense in the passing game and allow other players to, you know, put up yards where they can, specifically the running backs, because, you know, no other wide receiver even saw a target that entire game. Rex Burkhead, number two receiver, five targets. Jakob Johnson, huge credit to him. He had some big catches yeah. there. Uh, two catches for 20 yards. Ryan Izzo, one for 20. James White, two for eight. You had no other wide receivers get a target other than Jacoby Myers. And so hopefully Edelman's able to return at some point. I mean, Nikhil Harry is just a non-factor in the passing game. Uh, it's very sad to see that, but... I am hoping that Myers is going to continue to ascend in the way that he has and be that number one target for Cam Newton. Uh, because you, if, if, if you get one other receiver in this offense, this offensive line and this running game is good enough that this team can go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the season and say that, okay, they can contend with any team right now. Maybe not win the Super Bowl, but they can give everyone a good game. Let's talk about the running game, Rich, because that really was the engine. It has been the engine of this team, more or less since the beginning of the season. Uh, as you mentioned, the Baltimore defense is one of the best defenses in the league. They are well-known for doing bully ball. They run it down your throat. They're hard-hitting. And the Patriots are more or less able to have their way, from, way with them offensively in terms of the running game. What did the Patriots do that allowed them to have more success? I mean, I know there were some injuries on the defensive line for the Ravens. I know Clay's Campbell is out, which is a big loss. But the Patriots had their injuries as well. And in this weird season, you play who's out there. What did the Patriots do that was different, unique, other teams couldn't do? Or was it more just kind of just being more talented and wanting it more? Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to acknowledge the, the injuries where they're due because the Ravens were missing some huge players on their defensive front. But Derek Wolf is no slouch. He's still a very good defensive lineman. And while he's not Clyus Campbell, uh, the, the Ravens still have a solid defensive front. But where the Patriots won is that they just have the best interior linemen in the league. Joe Tooney, Shaq Mason, David Andrews, uh, level a little bit below them. But all three of them are playing extremely well. Isaiah Wynn on the edge is doing a great job. And Jakob Johnson has really come on strongly as a very good fullback. And in addition to his receiving prowess, is growing as a run blocker. And the fact that Damian Harris is able to, you know, as you said, fall forward, lower his shoulder, not take those negative plays... I think the Patriots were able to put enough stress on this Ravens defense where they couldn't just load up the middle of the field. You know, major props to Jacoby Myers for actually being a viable target. So teams had to defend the pass, defend the receivers that, okay, the Patriots just needed to get, you know, five yards here, six yards here, and they could sustain the drive enough. And that's what they did. They just did enough. And I, and I, I want to say that, sure, uh, I, I think that Damian Harris did a really good job running the ball. Don't get me wrong. I think he was fantastic there. But when it comes to uh, the the running of the ball, the Ravens focused their attention on bottling up Cam Newton. 
You know, Cam Newton, 11 carries for 21 yards. The Ravens said it's more important for us to say, okay, they can get whatever yards they get from their standard rushing attack. We're not going to let Cam Newton gash us. And it just didn't play out in their favor. Yeah, I mean, having a running threat like Cam Newton really does open up the running game. And as Bill Belichick always said, the passing game helps the running game, and the running game helps the passing game. And that was great complimentary football that we saw from the Patriots offensively. Uh, love the Jacob Johnson love. It's so well-deserved. I do think he still needs to learn how to improvise a little bit more. He's very good at his, his assignments, but sometimes it's better to just shed your guy and go block in the second level. But that'll come with time. And having Damien Harris running in front or behind him is, is really, really awesome. Uh, to that end, though, Rich, Damien Harris coming into this season was not the Patriots' number one back. They invested a first-round pick on Sony Michelle, who will be coming off the IR soon or is healthy enough soon to technically get back in the roster. Do you see him having a role in this offense going forward, or is Burkhead, Harris, and James White kind of your trio? Uh, I, I kind of think it's actually even just been like a two-headed monster with, with Harris and Burkhead. They're number one, number two on the Patriots in, in yards from scrimmage right now. Harris almost has 500 yards, only has one touchdown, but that's because Burkhead gets the, the nod in the red zone. Burkhead has 454 yards and six touchdowns. James White's role has really reduced... Um, but I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing. In part, it's just because, uh, you know, he missed some time earlier in the year due to his parents. Um, and, and so he is still that James White that you know. Um, but the Patriots have obviously been actively running with uh, Harris and Burkhead as the one-two sort of punch. And it works because they're both really good runners and they're both really good catchers. And I, I think that that is... Uh, where the Patriots will be going for the rest of the season with a 1A, 1B. White can come in on obvious passing downs, blitz pickup. Um, and, and then you have, uh, I, don't, I honestly don't know what role Michelle will have in this offense. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, again, uh, I will never discredit Sony Michelle for the postseason he had. But running backs, I've always said, unless you have kind of an otherworldly Saquon Barkley, Adrian Peterson-style talent available to you in the first round, you can get really good running backs in the second, third, fourth, even fifth round. So, And Damian Harris is, is proving that. So we will see what Sonny Michelle does, but uh, I'm very excited at what I've seen out of Harris the past couple of weeks. Uh, shift to the defense, Rich Hill. The Baltimore, we were talking about rushing attack and running the ball down the opponent's throat. That's what Baltimore does. Mm -hmm. That's how they've operated for years. They are a tough, grind them out football team with a good running back and one of the better running backs in the league in their, as a quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And yet the Patriots were able to contain Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. and everyone else. Uh, what did the Patriots do? What did you see? I saw them move Chase Winovich to inside linebacker, which I liked a lot to yep. jam, jam up the middle. I thought Therese Hall had a pretty yep. solid game as, as an edge linebacker. Um, I, I liked what I saw from Kyle Duggar. Heck yeah. breakout game for him. Uh, I think that, that, that draft pick may have been justified by quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, those mobile guys needing a big, fast body like that. So how do you see the Patriots kind of going forward? And is what we saw from the on Sunday night kind of a blueprint for how they're going to operate the rest of the season or just kind of like a one-off thing based on how the Ravens play yeah I mean it definitely there's a component of it being a one-off thing because there's no quarterback that can run the ball like Lamar Jackson that that's just simply the case and I, I would throw in Adrian Phillips as being another one of those names um, but because the Ravens focus so heavily on running the ball you know they're the top running game in the entire league that's why they needed to have Winovich on the field in the middle. They needed to have two big bodies with Trez Hall and Chase Winovich. And major kudos to Hall, who I think has earned a roster spot for the rest of the season. Uh, he has done a fantastic job stepping up, being in that center of the defense. Um, but with the way that the Patriots approached it, 
I love the, you know, I don't even know if it's like a modified 3-4 front or whatever you would want to call it, but having Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips be your outside linebacker-esque players was brilliant. That was so smart. And, and because, you know, you had enough bodies in the middle of the field. Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler, Carl Davis, Byron Cowart. Uh, you can throw in Dietrich Wise as another one of those defensive linemen. The Patriots had enough bodies up front that they could control the like the immediate line of scrimmage, especially in the rain. And then you have your two big bodies in Hall and Winovich, and you can throw in Simon in there as well. Uh, but you had those, those big bodies clogging up the middle. And so the way that teams wanted to test and stress the Patriots' defense is by going to the edge and using their speed to get at this obviously slower Patriots linebackers. And so having your big athletes like Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips, who are really, really good, uh, you know, athletes, and, you know, they do a sound enough job against the run that they can, if not get off the blocks, be fast enough to get in front of them. Uh, and I think that while they might not use this in the future against other teams, I think that the Patriots have shown that they now have a strategy in the book that opposing teams won't be able to continually attack them on the edge in the run game as easily as they have earlier in the year because Duggar specifically has shown that he can emerge and produce against the best teams in the league. So, Rich, do you think we will start seeing a lot more of Kyle Duggar now, or in true Belichick fashion, will we not hear from him for the rest of the years? It's like, it's like a Jonas Gray kind of thing where he has a big game and no one no one hears from him again. Yeah, well, hopefully his alarm clock is set. But, I, I mean, I, I think Duggar had been invisible for the past few weeks. The Patriots went through an obvious point in time where they stopped using the, the younger players. Um, but I think Duggar has done enough to show that he should be in that safety rotation. Uh, I mean, and also the Patriots just have such a matchup secondary that, you know, if, if there is another mobile quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised uh, with some of the other games that they have down the road. Um, like if they're playing Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals in two weeks uh, and Josh Allen in week 16, that we'll see a similar type of defense. Um, but it all comes down to matchups. It comes down to whether or not Stephon Gilmore is available. And there's that whole trickle down of, okay, who is on this Ravens offense? Okay, that means that Jonathan Jones will have this sort of matchup. Jason McCourty will have this sort of matchup. And, uh, you know, in the future, maybe if uh, Stephon Gilmore is available, then Jonathan Jones might have that role. Um, but it's good to know that Duggar has a spot if they need to call his number. It's also good to know that in Stephon Gilmore's absence, the Patriots still have a legitimate number one corner in J.C. Jackson, who mm. for the fifth straight game registered a pick. Uh, Hollywood Brown, if you're kind of a casual fan of the NFL, is a really good receiver. Yep. Um, two catches for 14 yards. That is an amazing statistic. Um, J.C. Jackson has been absolutely lights out. Not only did he have that pick before the half, um, he had a couple of passes defended. He's kind of the guy like – it's getting to the point where you're just not going to throw to where he is, which is remarkable. So if you can get him and Gilmore back, and if Gilmore can return to his uh, MVP form following his knee injury, not sure how serious it is, it's obviously serious enough, enough to keep him out for a couple of weeks, or they're just being extra precautious knowing Jackson can lock it down. But having Gilmore and Jackson as your one-two corners, if the Patriots can be as effective as they were against the Ravens, setting the edge, stopping the run, um, 
the Patriots offense might not need to score 30 points a game and like mm-hmm. a 23-17 win could be very feasible going forward. Oh, totally. I mean, the the Patriots strength in their on their defense is absolutely in the secondary. They always have that next man up mentality. Uh JC Jackson, good enough to lead the league in interceptions, not good enough apparently to be nominated for the Pro Bowl. Uh, he, for whatever reason, you know, he's just not listed as a starter on the depth chart, was not one of the 74 cornerbacks listed in the Pro Bowl voting. So that needs to change. Um, but, yeah, no, he, is a, he has been very solid. You know, he had some downs against the, the Jets team last week, Prashad Perriman having that huge touchdown. But other than that, Jackson's been a, a great player for the Patriots in that secondary. A lot of trust there. And, you know, the Patriots can manufacture pressure up front. They can manufacture how their defensive front seven is going to perform. And that will come with time. This Patriots defense had a lot of holes they need to fill in their front this year, uh, you know, with Hightower out. Um, and, and I think that the secondary's consistency has allowed the Patriots to fiddle around and figure out what their identity can be with all of these new faces and what it's going to look like. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if this secondary continues to play at this level, allowing this front to continue to generate pressure, this offense, uh, I think that they are good enough to put up, you know, 25 points-ish, you know, give or take a monsoon. Uh, and I, I think that we've seen a lot of pauses from them that as players continue to get healthy, we're going to continue to see it get better over the rest of the year. We are indeed. Uh, however, Rich, it wouldn't be an Alex Shane podcast if I didn't present a turd in the punch bowl. And so here comes that turd. Um, as Patriots fans, it feels like every season we'd walk into a game as pretty heavy favorites. Everyone had the Patriots winning a game. And then a not great team would just upset them for some reason. They wouldn't play well or things would kind of not go right. They have a really good game plan, whatever it is. That team beat the Patriots. And, of course, that signified the end of the dynasty. Tom Brady's done, blah, blah, blah. They'd get it back. Is this game a positive sign for the Patriots getting it together, or is it one of those flukes that just kind of happens every single year on every given Sunday? And in addition to that, does this Patriots team now have a legit shot at making a run or going to the playoffs, or is that ship sailed? Yeah, okay. So I, I think that this is a good sign for the Patriots. I don't think this is a flash in the pan sort of thing. Uh, you know, we could have said that last week where they barely scraped out against the Jets. Um, and we can obviously point to the weather as playing in the Patriots' favor a little bit uh, towards the end of that game there where the Ravens' final drive was just hard to even see on TV just because there was so much rain. But what we saw from the Patriots and how they were able to beat the, the Ravens was replicable you know it wasn't like sure they had that pass to rex burkhead from jacoby myers but the rest of the patriots offense was pretty standard you know they ran the ball very well against a very good run defense that is something that the patriots can rely on against every single team that is replicable Jacoby Myers produced against the best secondary in the league or one of the best secondaries that is replicable. And as you get Julian Edelman back into the lineup, as uh, I guess maybe Demir Bird gets to have a little bit more play as a receiver, who knows? I mean, some other wide receiver is going to have to catch the ball at some point in time. The Patriots had a very good offensive strategy and this has been the second straight week that they've had a good offensive strategy i think the offense is getting back on track it's more cons- like the question on my mind is more about the defense and whether or not the the rain played such a big role um but you know with bill belichick at the helm i have to imagine that this defense is going to figure itself out um and and that 
I, I will never doubt a Patriots defense getting better late in the season. No, it's true. I think there is a chance that the scene has kind of turned the corner. Uh, I do think, though, personally, Rich, that at four and five, they've just lost too many games at this point to really make a run. You know, they've got a pretty tough slate coming up with the next six weeks or seven weeks of football. They got to play the Dolphins, who are no joke. They got to play the Bills again. They got to play the Rams. They got to play the Chargers. I feel like they have to finish at least 10-6 and six to have a real shot at the wild card, which means only can afford one more loss going down the stretch. And based on how the Patriots just haven't been able to win those kind of toss-up games this season, despite being basically a fumble at the goal, uh, at the goal line against the Bills, a goal line stand against the Seahawks, and a Brian Hoyer against the Chiefs away from maybe making a, <laughs> a, 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 a dent, I just think there have been too many things that haven't quite gone New England's way this season for them to really make a playoff run. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. They're, every year, you know, the middle pack teams are separated by one play, right? Like, there's some, like, the, the Steelers, the Chiefs, they're obviously the class of the AFC this season, and they're winning games not by, you know, a coin flip here or there. When you look at the teams that are competing for the wild card, there's not that big of a difference between, say, the fifth seed and the team that misses the playoffs as the eighth or ninth seed. That always comes down to, did you have a ball bounce your way or not a couple times during the regular season? And the Patriots did not have the ball bounce their way against the Seattle Seahawks early in the year. They did not have the ball bounce their way when Cam Newton had COVID, and they struggled on offense against the Kansas City Chiefs, or and they did not have the ball bounce their way when Cam Newton returned from COVID uh, and obviously was not the same player against the Denver Broncos, and yet they were still driving on the very last one. They, they, their final play of the game was on the Broncos' 24-yard line. They could have, you know, in a different world, not turned the ball over three times and won that game. They were driving against the Bills, as you said, not have that fumble. That's a different one. This this Patriots team is, you know, three to five plays away from being, you know, seven and two. This this is not a bad team at this point in time, so long as this offense continues to play as they have over the past two weeks. But it is probably too much too late with, as you said, a very good Cardinals team, a very good Rams team, a very good Dolphins team, and a very good Bills team all on this schedule. For them to finish the season with only one loss over that stretch would be very shocking to me. It would be to me as well. However, if that happens, even if, like again, just based on who knows what the wild card seedings are going to be, I think you know they're going to expand the playoffs, especially given games that are being missed and whatnot. So they have a chance of sneaking in. Um, but even the Patriots go. You know, two losses down the stretch, three losses, finish maybe nine and seven or eight and eight. I think two or three losses down the stretch will signify some really nice strides forward and a lot to be optimistic for next season. And for those of you who are much more pessimistic and would rather lose uh, a playoff spot altogether and increase your draft pick versus make the playoffs, maybe lose in the wild card round or even upset and then drop on a divisional round, whatever you want to say about it. Um, I, I think there's kind of a, a way to look at a glass half full or half empty, depending on your outlook here, because what we've seen the past couple of weeks are Patriots teams that can win on the ground. They have a good secondary and they kind of have that mental edge back. And that's been a big thing for every Bill Belichick led Patriots team that's had some success in the regular and postseason, kind of that mental toughness. I don't think we really saw 
during that kind of weak stretch where they weren't really getting it together. So I think there are good things on the horizon regardless here, Rich. Yeah, totally. And I mean, honestly, I don't even think the division's out of reach at this point, right? I know that it's definitely an uphill battle to climb, but with games against both the Dolphins and the Bills later in the season, the Patriots are, you know, two and a half games back of Buffalo. It's not unquestionable that if the Patriots do manage to win out, you know, which is like an incredibly tall order, and I'm not expecting that to happen, but if they are able to do that, then the Bills, you know, they don't have an easy schedule either. They, I know they're on their bye week right now, but they have a game against the Steelers, they have the Patriots, and they have a Dolphins game. I could very easily see at least three losses in the Bills' future, uh, you know, and always something funky happens in Denver with the Broncos. They have a good, surprisingly strong Chargers team, a 49ers team. This is a Bills team that doesn't have a downhill schedule for the rest of the year. The Dolphins, uh, they have a game against the Chiefs, uh, also with the Patriots, Raiders, and Bills. So, like, both the Dolphins and Bills could have three to four losses over the rest of the season. And so if, if the Patriots can finish the season with one loss, I think that they would be in a pretty good position to still be challenging for the AFC East. Um, and then, honestly, I'd just you know be happy that they're competing uh, and not just the Philadelphia Eagles who are atop the, AFC, uh, the NFC East but should have a top 10 pick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if this was the NFC East, Pats would be in great shape. They'd be in first place right now. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is a really nice kind of harken back to just how – actually how any football season should go where there isn't one team who just runs away with the division every year, and it's more or less over by Thanksgiving. And it's not just a matter of trying to figure out your playoff seating and whether you're hosting home games or not. It's really just every week should be a grind-out battle, and I think the NFL has structured the schedule the past couple of seasons so hope that the divisions are wide open. And these two divisional games to close out the year have huge implications. And if the Patriots can continue to develop and move forward, uh, those last I think it's I think it's there. They host the Bills, host the Jets. I think in the last two weeks of the season, um, those two games could be absolutely massive. And it should be a lot of fun to watch as opposed to everyone kind of sitting the starters in week 17. Cause they already have the one or two seed locked up. So it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Oh, totally. And so, Alec, if you had to give your prediction, I know you said that it's a very tall order for them. How would you say that the rest of the Patriots season is going to play out? I can think. I think the Texans are a mess. They should definitely beat the Texans next week. Uh, I think a game against the Cardinals is going to be a very tough out for a lot of reasons. The Cardinals are a very good team, and Murray's playing really well. Is that game winnable? Absolutely, but I think that could probably be a loss. The Patriots will probably beat the Chargers because the Chargers don't beat the Patriots, and the Chargers are the best team in the NFL at losing by one score. So that would probably be a one-score <laughs> loss. Uh, Patriots at Rams on, uh, I think it's Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, I don't remember exactly. That's a tall order, but the Rams are beatable, as, as we've seen. Uh, and if the Patriots can play the way they played against uh, the, the Ravens, they can beat the Rams, but that's probably going to be a loss. And then I think they will win out after that. And so I think two more losses is reasonable for a 9-7 and seven finish, which I think was the floor we had at the beginning of the season. So I'll take it. Yeah, and I, I mean, also, outside of the East, the Patriots can still compete with those other wild card spots. Um, you know, they're two games back, but they have the tiebreakers against the, the Raiders and the Ravens at this point. So there are plenty of opportunities. I think that the Patriots have a pretty good shot at you know, at least a 50-50 shot for each of their remaining games. But based off of probabilities, that does mean that a loss or two is in the cards. Um, so we will see. But after beating the Ravens, I think that there's a lot more hope 
for this New England team, specifically because it looks like the the offense has turned a bit of a corner uh, with how you can rely on them. Damian Harris has been a revelation. Jacoby Myers has been fantastic. And Cam Newton is not making the mistakes that he was earlier in the season. So a lot to be hopeful for, Alec. Do you have any final thoughts on this latest week against the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, what a wonderful surprise that we were breaking down a Patriots win over the Ravens this week as opposed to lamenting yet another loss. Good work. Good for us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Alec, that's it for me. Everything else will be on patspulpit.com. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, bud. Later.